Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Covered. I'm your host Aya and you're listening to a podcast that's dedicated to bringing diversity to your bookshelves. Don't forget to subscribe and to check out the social media links down below so you never miss out. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. We all have something from our childhood that we just can't let go of. For some, it's an embarrassingly worn-out teddy bear. For others, it's a memento from a life-changing experience. But for most readers, it's that one childhood book or series that our adult selves can't really let go of. It's that one book that fundamentally changed something for your child self, or the book that helped you escape from early problems. Or it's the books that were so well written, you still read them to this day. And yes, I am definitely talking about the Percy Jackson series here. If you haven't guessed already, today's episode is about our childhood comfort books and the books that helped us through tough times. And joining me is another fellow reader and friend, born and raised in Minnesota with Somali origins and an amazing sense of style, Farah. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Farah. Um, a little bit about me. I am a 21-year-old college student. Uh, this is my final year, so I'm a senior, and I'm majoring in health management. Um, a few fun facts about me is that I've been born and raised in Minnesota. I am the oldest daughter of seven kids. And um, some things that I like to do during my free time is obviously read, and I'm like very into fashion. Seven children, that is amazing. Props to your mom. (laughs) I I don't know how she did it. I just realized that I don't want to have a big family in the future, even though it's pretty fun. No, it sounds so fun. I only have like three siblings, and I totally get what you mean about like not wanting a big family. Because like even with uh-huh. three siblings, it feels it feels so crowded at times. Yeah, there's always something going on in the house. Like you never, there's never a dull moment. You're never bored. But at the same time, it's like a lot of responsibility. Oh, definitely. No, especially coming from like an eldest daughter, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, there's like very a lot of pressure sometimes. But I don't know. I I really like being the oldest. At the same time, there's like, I don't know, depends. No, 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 that sounds amazing. So let's start off with the first question. So Farah, what was your childhood comfort book or your comfort series and kind of what made it so special? Um, It's similar to a lot of people, but it was the Percy Jackson. It was the book that got me into reading. Um, Growing up, like, um, so English was never my second language. I was like born and raised speaking Somali, even though I was born in Minnesota, like everybody around me spoke Somali. So when I started on like elementary and like preschool, they put me into like this program. It's like the ESL or like English as a second language. And then like I was always like um, taken from the classroom to do like extra reading or like writing. And I remember in fourth grade, we did this test and um, it basically measures how many words you could read in a minute and that determines your like reading level and I actually did really well and then I could do like I could start reading like the books around my age so I picked up Percy Jackson and ever since then like that has been my comfort book like it's like what got me into like reading and everything. Oh definitely I feel like especially his books and that series in particular like it has enough how do I say this like I don't want to say like a childish aspect, but it appeals to children. But at the same time, it appeals to like adults and teenagers as well. Like there are different yeah. aspects that go to like different age groups. 
And it's so good, bro, this story. It it always has like a special place in my heart. Uh-huh. It has like the perfect mix of fun and like you just like feel like you're not like in the present, like you're just like on these journeys with them. And I feel like even like growing up, like I feel like you could still read it even though like you're adult. I don't know. There's something magical about the book. Definitely, definitely. I feel like also with like a lot of like what like exactly like what you said when you know, English isn't really your first language and you kind of like struggle with that. You kind of need like a really good story and like a really good plot line to kind of hook you, even if like you might not know like the full language. But then mm-hmm. like, because personally speaking, I moved to Canada, I think I was in the first grade. So I didn't know, like, I didn't even know a single thing of like English. And, um, you know, we had a very similar experience where I was also like an ESL student, but I was Mm -hmm. able to like reach my grade reading level by I think the second grade. And I was just super into books, even like when I was young. So like when I reached like grade three, grade four, around that age, I also started reading the Percy Jackson series. And like, I just Mm -hmm. remembered right now, um, you know how like there's the uh, Percy's father, Poseidon? I used to go and like, I literally called him Pisidian for so long. (laughs) (laughs) No, same. I did not know how to pronounce his name at all. Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce like most of the words and like... Or the other one was Labyrinth. I I don't know how to... I still can't pronounce it. It's Labyrinth. Ah, Labyrinth. Like the maze? Yeah, I used to say Labyrinth. I don't (laughs) think that's not how you pronounce it. Exactly. So I feel like even if like English isn't your first language and even if like you don't know the language that well... It's still, like, a really good series to start Mm -hmm. with. And even, like, the first page is pretty iconic. Like, that already has your attention. Like, look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. So, I'm going to ask you an impossible question. (laughs) A super hard question for us readers. But if you could read only one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yeah, that's a really hard question. Um, It would have to be... We Free the Stars. I recent, even though it's like my like recent read, I read it this year. That book has me in a chocolate. Like I think that would be my favorite book. Ooh, definitely. It's honestly such an amazing book. So like, why that book? Why did you choose it? Like, what made it so special? Um, definitely the characters. I love Zafira and Nasir so much. And there's like also like a found family aspect, which I really, really enjoyed reading about it. And the writing style. I don't know. Every single chapter I was screaming and just like crying. And and I think I could definitely read that. And it being the only book that I can read forever. Yeah. I so relate with like the whole roller coaster of emotions. Because like one page Uh will have you screaming and you're like jumping up and down. And then the other it's like Uh you're crying in frustration. (laughs) And it's it's such a good read. It's amazing. I recommend it to everyone. Yeah. No, it's really nice. Can you tell us about a memory or an experience where maybe like a certain book helped you get through a tough time? Um, I would say it would be like the Hero of Olympus series. And um, I read that series during sixth, like middle school. So I was reading it as it was coming out. And middle school was probably like my lowest point. I was like pretty much friendless like I only had like one friend I was pretty lonely and like during lunch I would always bring my book with me and it was like the hero of Olympus that book that just like made me feel like I didn't feel as lonely anymore I think it was probably because of the found family and like the journeys that they were always 
like always going through and I felt like I can get out of real reality and just kind of be with them and be like going along with their journey and yeah and I love all the characters I, it would definitely have to be that book oh yes I feel like I so relate to that because especially if you like you're going through something during life and then you find that one book that kind of just transports you to a totally different world where nothing seems familiar and like it makes mm-hmm. you basically forget everything it's yeah and it was kind of crazy because i would look forward to lunch like even though like i didn't even know where i would like sit like i just knew that i was going to bring my book and just kind of enjoy that 30 minutes being like immersed into the story yeah no i'm really glad you had that you had that escape I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of young Farah and on oh, my heart. I had like one um, other friend, she was also a reader, but our schedule was never online. So like lunchtime, it would just probably be me. But like in the mornings, we would hang out and like some classes we had together, but our schedule was kind of different. So I was pretty much <laughs> lonely during lunch. Yeah, that reminded me of, um, I think it was in seventh grade for me. But if, like for me, sixth to seventh grade, I have like, it was such a traumatizing Mm -hmm. experience. (laughs) It was, oh my God. So long story short, um, there was like this really big problem at my school. And apparently someone was like leaving like all these notes around saying really disgusting things about people. Mm -hmm. And one of the people like that they targeted was like this, um, this new girl in our friend group. And I didn't know like what all the like the little papers said, like except a few, mm-hmm. and um, basically, twelve-year-old Aya got accused of like writing those notes. Oh my god! And I was like, "Bruh, I didn't do it though." Yeah. And I was like, "Here's the thing: like, I do not work well under pressure at all, and I feel mm-hmm. like at the same time, like the principals they were under like under a lot of pressure to like figure find out. out who was yeah. doing this." Yeah. But then at the time, I didn't think there were, like, any more notes. I thought it was just, like, these two, like, childish notes. So I was like, you know what, I oh just say you did it, and it'll all be over. And I literally confessed to these two notes, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I wrote these two notes. And then they were like, oh, really? So you wrote the other notes as well? And I was like, oh, no, what no, did you No, they got do? you caught up. <laughs> Yeah, and then apparently, like, I had no idea about the other notes, and I ended up getting expelled. So it was it was such a traumatizing experience. And Did you ever go back to let them know who actually wrote those notes? No, that's the thing. Like, I totally forgot what? about that, and I tried to, like, forget about it and, like, not talk about it. But, like, obviously now I'm a lot older, and it's, like, a thing in the yeah. past, and, you know, whatever. Things wow. happen. But... Yeah, it was just such a, like, such a big thing to go through Mm -hmm. as, like, a 12-year-old. And then, like, I remember I kept on telling them, like, I didn't do it, yada, yada. And, like, like I said, they were probably, like, under a lot of pressure to, like, find someone. And I remember during that time, I religiously would read um, this one book called A Girl Named Disaster. And, Mm -hmm. like... Every single aspect of that book was completely different from, like, my own life. So it was set in Zimbabwe, and it was, like, about a village girl. So, like, there was literally nothing. Like, the environment was different, the culture, everything. So I was able to, like, easily immerse myself and just easily forget about everything. And 
it was about a girl and mm -hmm. she was a village girl i think she was like around 12 years old so like the same age her parents are dead so she's yeah. like living with her grandma and she has like this abusive aunt who kind of always compares her to her her prettier her more um like privileged cousin and i felt like i related to her so much because like I felt like the otherness, even though like, if, like from that experience, like I just, I felt so other from like all my friends, from everything, you know, I was ostracized because obviously everyone thought like yeah. I did that thing. And then, I'm so sorry you went through that. That just seems so, so scary. <laughs> just like being accused is like the worst <laughs> thing ever. It's okay. It's a, yeah. And that's the thing. Cause like, even when I went home, like, my mom like I, I don't know if it's like a mom instinct or whatever she like immediately knew that I didn't do it and like I told her like I did not do it and I felt like there was so much pressure and I thought it was just like these two things but then yeah even like with friends and all it was such a trashy experience to like to not have people believe you you know but thank god that's a thing in the past yeah. <laughs> And no, I totally feel you about like getting accused because I remember like I had this like weekend um like um like religious school or whatever and I got accused of like like stealing this one girl's phone and that's like the like possibly the worst thing ever is like when everybody thinks that you did it exactly. when you didn't even do that thing. And it just feels like everybody is just like against you and there's like no way you can prove it too. Yeah. And like the thing is I like falsely confessed. So it's not like, oh, they tried to pressure you, but you still didn't confess. So there's like a chance that you didn't do it. It's like, but do you confess? I was like, yeah, I did. But, <laughs> but yeah, just so you guys can leave me alone. Exactly. So, yeah, like during that time, I think I read it like four to five times and I just never got bored of it. And kind of like you see her journey and you see like. You know, because she was forced to, like, marry this old man with, like, three wives at the age of 12. So she decided to run away mm -hmm. um, to her mother's family. But, yeah, so apparently she had, like, a really rich mother's side. And she tried to, like, you know, go on this journey to find them. And hopefully they'll take her in. But, yeah, it was such an amazing read. And to this day, like, from, what, 12-year-old to 19-year-old Aya, like, I'll still sometimes just pick it up. And mm -hmm. it's such an amazing read. Yeah, I love that for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, after that semi-depressing moment, <laughs> um, what is an experience where you applied something you read? Um, I think this kind of goes to, like, a bunch of stories, but, like, ex accepting others and just, like, kind of hearing their side and being very supportive, like... Ooh, yes. I love that. I think a lot of, like, stuff that I read, I just, like, learned how to become, like, a more supportive friend and, like, being there for, like, people. Yeah. Just being a better friend is what I've learned through these books. Because sometimes I'll be read and I'm like, wow, who does that? And <laughs> or just like learning stuff other other people like for example when I was reading all your perfects um trigger warning for infertility but I didn't know like how much like impact the word just like asking someone like are you pregnant like when are you getting pregnant like I didn't think that would be like not like a bad thing but like it can hurt someone but now I'm like super aware and I'm just like just keep that stuff to yourself and don't ask about it I think that's like one thing I learned about that book oh no I love that honestly I love that so much because like exactly like what you said sometimes mm -hmm. like when we're in our own little bubble we're not like 
exposed to like other types of people you know sometimes you see yourself in like a group maybe you're all from like the same country or you're all the same race exactly so you don't really see the struggles of like other groups and other minorities so sometimes you do something it's not even like intentional or you're not trying to hurt anyone but it's still like very hurtful to that person yeah so I really love that how like a book can expose you to like literally any experience like any group any person and I just feel like that's so important like as a reader you should try to you should try to see not just even like different genres and different authors but maybe go for more inclusive books and go for like a more diverse like reading and that like really reminded me of um this one book oh no I forgot its title let me just check it see here's the thing with us readers we read a lot but the titles man <laughs> i don't know titles are hard yeah. or sometimes i'll forget a character's name and i'm like i should know their name exactly. but i forgot about it. it's like was that a fever dream did i actually read the book like why can't i remember yeah. anything or sometimes like okay so when i read a book i vividly like can see it as like a show or like a movie and then sometimes i'll like like randomly daydream and i'm like what show was this from and it's actually from a book. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I found the book title. It's called American Dirt by Janine Cummings. Yeah, and basically it kind of talks about um, this Mexican mother and how she's trying to cross the border, but she's crossing the border illegally. And I've had like this such closed-minded like thought of, well, if they want to move so badly, like, why don't they do it the legal way? Like, why don't they get their papers done? Like, why put yourself in such a terrible situation? But then after reading it, I realized, like, how much of, like, an ass I was, honestly. Like, obviously, if there was a legal and proper way and it was affordable to everyone, like, why would they go through such terrible experiences to reach a safer country? So that was, like, also one book that really, really, like, changed my thinking, like, 180. I'm going to ask you another tough question, but what is a scene from a book that kind of felt like a warm hug or kind of made you feel, like, really warm inside or just, like, a really wholesome moment from a book that you remember to this day? Okay, okay. Um... It's from the book Wait for It by Mariana Zapata. And um, it's about Diana, who is an aunt to, and she has like two nephews. And basically the love interest is her neighbor and like the baseball coach of her um, nephews. And like, it was so cute whenever, um, so like one of the nephews, his name is Louis, and um, he would invite Dallas to come over to play like video games like honestly he would find any excuse to come over because he doesn't really have a father figure and like Dallas is like as close Aww. as like he can get <laughs> but it was so adorable when he were like he would just like self-invite Dallas to come over and he and then like he would invite Dallas and then he would ask um his um aunt Diana if it was okay but it was okay and there was like one part where they were like playing video games and that was like the most wholesome like little scene I've ever read that's so cute i honestly love it so much when like kids are like unintentional wingman like it is so hilarious to me especially if like 
like exactly like what you said where like they invite the love interest over or um they like accidentally expose you know one of the people and like oh they like you and you know it's so cute it's honestly so wholesome uh-huh and i know some people don't like kids in books honestly it really depends on like the book or like the kid but something about like kids in like mariana zapata books is literally the cutest thing ever and there's also um another book all roads lead here but he's a little bit old- older but any scene where like he and like the like the love interest are like in that case it was aurora it was really wholesome yeah see here's the thing like i feel like kids in books like you said it really depends on like what type of book it is because if it's like a cute romance if it's you know sometimes it's fine but then if it's like a hardcore like murder series i just feel so bad for the kid or the kid character it's like you should not be here this is not your place Mm-hmm. or sometimes like it feels like when they're super young and they're like giving out adult like advice i'm just like mm, a lot of kids don't do that it doesn't seem realistic <laughs> exactly it reminds me you know what it reminds me of like those tweets that like parents would be like oh um my three-year-old three-year-old son said and then they quote like the deepest quote on earth and it's like really did they really say that mm-hmm. <laughs> no they did not say that they're out here playing games like they don't have to, they don't i don't think it's realistic at all because i know for sure when i was a three-year-old i was not giving out advice i was just like playing with my like little toys yeah definitely i feel like it, it, it has to be realistic even if it's like fiction it has to be realistic in some sense mm-hmm Okay, so um, I want you to tell me about a book that made you like made you feel heard and understood and kind of represented. Well, I haven't found an exact book like I have I have yet to read a book with like a black Muslim like main character. But the closest I've gotten was Legend Born, and it's like um, the story of Brie and like her experiences, like being in a, like a um, like an institution that it's like a predominantly white institution was pretty accurate to my experiences and just kind of being like the only black person like in the room and like kind of some of the experience. I know there was like a scene where she was like washing her like hair and it's like hair day, and I know like a bunch of like black like other black girls like experienced this too. Cause it's like a whole. Like it's it's you have to dedicate at least like a good hour or like two hours even just to do your hair and it's like, and I, I I pretty I related to that scene a lot, but I have yet to find a book where I feel completely represented. I've taken like little aspects from some books, but Ooh, nothing yeah, no. fully. Totally, I feel like especially with like if you're um if you're like a second generation immigrant or a first generation immigrant, you kind of you feel like you don't belong here and you don't you feel like you don't belong there you know you kind of you've still you can't how do i explain this like there isn't a proper representation that represents like all aspects because like for me Mm -hmm. yeah especially like growing up as a muslim girl and growing up like as an arab girl and then it's like if i go back to like arab like arabic literature sometimes i can't really I can't really relate to like the characters and like the upbringing but then if I go to like western literature obviously most characters aren't muslim and it's just 
And when there's like Muslim, there's not like the best representation. So I just kind of avoid reading those kind of books. See, here's the thing. I feel like with a lot of representation, it it kind of, I don't want to say it gets watered down, but I feel like the focus and like the representation, it's just focus on like one type of Muslim woman. I feel like you know what I'm talking about. Like the one that's super fashionable and the one that's super beautiful and the one, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, okay, yes, there are Muslim women that look like that and it's good that there's representation for them. But at the same time, it shouldn't be like an umbrella term that describes like a woman from the second largest faith. Yeah, there's like so many, like we all do different things, like we act different ways. And like the representation that we get is not accurate at all. Yeah. And sometimes it's bad representation, which is kind of sad. It's like Netflix, I'm looking at you dead in the eyes right now. Please get your (laughs) act together. Every time I hear like a show and or like a book has um, like a Muslim representation, it it's my flight and fight insects are activated because I really don't know what's gonna I don't trust them at all the only like book that I read that has like really good Muslim representation is love from A to Z and I feel like that's okay with me too like just having that one book well I literally finished reading it a few weeks ago and it was it was such a good read honestly it was the cutest so cute the cutest book ever yeah and it like raised my standards I think there's like like so many levels Uh uh-huh I remember reading it in like one day and I like me reading a book in one day is like a miracle like usually takes me like at least two days to read a book or like a day and a half but that book I started at 12 p.m and I finished like around 9 p.m and I I was obsessed with it yeah it's it's so cute and here's the thing like with um so basically like going back to representation um there's this one book called it's not about the burqa and it's basically just like a collection of a bunch of essays by muslim women and they kind of have the freedom to talk about like any issue they wanted and in that book i genuinely felt like there was proper representation because um there were all types of muslim women you know you have like more liberal muslim women more Mm -hmm. conservative and then you kind of see like each one and their own experience and they talk about like really important issues. They talked about like misrepresentation, um, about like um, misogyny in like the Western mm-hmm. community and the Eastern community. So it was it was such a top read for me. And I always recommend it to like anyone that kind of, you know, they kind of want to get to know like Muslim women better, but don't really know where to start feel like that's such an amazing place because it's like all in one book and you get to see so many like views and opinions and it's so amazing mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree and also it's it would be nice just to have like a muslim person just be muslim instead of like constantly bringing it up like let's say they're like uh, like a main character or like a sad character and there's like some i know like when it comes to romance it could be like a little bit difficult to like make sure that the representation is accurate or like good but like why can't they just be muslim why does why do they have to bring like all like the negative representation to it exactly like um that reminded me of um that one netflix show i think it was called cuties i think i don't know if i'm getting the name right but Basically, it's like about this really young girl and she's from a Muslim family and she decides to throw her hijab off and run away from home and join a dance team to twerk. And she's like 12 years old. I was like, Uh okay, 
like there is so many problematic things like from like uh-huh. the misrepresentation to having like a young kid twerk in front of so many people and it's like uh where do i even start with this so yeah exactly like what you said like either good representation or just don't do it at all yeah and there's like lack of creativity it's always a muslim girl taking off her hijab or like having um like being like having like issues with her parents because her parents are like oppressive or something or like she runs away with like a white boy it's always something along those lines never something creative (laughs) yeah exactly like personally speaking and like so many muslim women have been saying the same thing for like ages like before you know seeing how like my personal style evolved like i went from you know wearing more liberal styles clothing and then i kind of like i'm more conservative with my clothing now and personally speaking like i feel so much better and so much more empowered and like more modest and just looser clothing than i did like before like my confidence has changed i can like speak in groups of people without Uh feeling self-conscious like that's just personally speaking and obviously some people feel the opposite some people feel that you know when they wear revealing clothing or like tight clothing they feel empowered and in the end like we shouldn't really dictate someone's confidence to like a certain style so it's like just let women be exactly women. like come on it's not that i hard. agree honestly i think they just like just they just hate us for being ourselves because like why would the hijab bother someone like i don't know it's kind of ridiculous okay so i kind of want you to talk to me about maybe your comfort genre or a comfort trope that you find yourself always going back to or you kind of always like look for in a book okay my favorite genres is um first romance um it's kind of crazy because growing up i was never into like contemporary books or even romance i was mostly reading fantasy books just because i loved like the magical aspect to it and then last december i read it ends with us and that totally changed my whole perspective on contemporary books and i was like maybe it's not so bad and after then i got into romance and now i've just been reading mostly romance books so that's like my comfort genre and then i i'm trying to get back into fantasy i read kingdom of the curse last week so hopefully i get back into it but my comfort trope would have to be found family at if a book has a fond family, I'm automatically reading it. And most of them tend to be like a five-star read. I just like the aspect of like strange, strangers just coming together and just having making their own home with the people around them and just getting close. I love that aspect of it. Um, my other favorite tropes are fake dating or marriage of convenience. The like the uh, like the angst and the tension in those um, books is <laughs> is everything. Like I feel like I could read. Like, if the book has, like, fake dating or marriage of convenience, I'm automatically going to pick it up. And then them just kind of, like, being, like, forced to be together and then, like, slowly, like, getting to know each other and then loving each other is, like, is everything. Yeah, it's so satisfying, especially if it's, like, you get to see his point of view and then her point of view and you're kind of sitting there frustrated. Yes! If it has dual point of view... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah i feel like i'm just like screaming i'm like you both love each other just get together but like when it's slow burn and it's done well exactly um it's 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 really good yeah no definitely i always 100% prefer like slow burn and just like less physically intimate scenes because like i've read so many books and it's like chapter two and they're already going at it and it's like oh no it just ruins the book for me i'm more of i love um like fluffy scenes or like um scenes where there's like a lot of tension but they're just like not together i want to save that for like all the way at the end yeah but like when they're together it's kind of like what's the point of me continuing on reading and any like whenever they get together i kind of lose interest so it's nice that like when there's like a slow burn it's like it happens all the way in the end and it's like the perfect wrap-up and then we have the epilogue like that's my perfect book yeah see here's the thing like personally i do enjoy romance in books if it's like slow burn but then at the same time like i don't know if like like if i'm the same with you where i get like bored when they get together but like i always need like a secondary plot either like if there's like a fantasy plot or like if it's a mystery book where um Mm -hmm. they have to like solve something and then um but if it's just like a romance book and it's just talking about them sometimes i kind of lose interest so i've still like yet to find like that perfect romance book that made me scream for like the whole Mm -hmm. book have you have you read um any of like mariana zapata's book no i actually haven't oh my gosh i think you're gonna love her books because um most of them i think all of them are slow burn and there's like a plot to it too so like you're just like kind of like seeing their relationship develop and like the romance happens like and when they get together it happens around like 70 percent or 80 percent even 90 percent of the book and I think you will really enjoy it. And then, like, the storyline is really good where you don't notice the slow burn aspect of it. Like, you're not bored. Ooh, definitely. I so have to check her out then. So, um, who, like, do you have a character or a group of characters that greatly influenced you? It would be the characters from the book Chain of Gold. And it's, um, it's a Cassandra Clare book. I know a lot of people don't like her, but, um, the book, um, it's, the series is called The Last Hours, but the, like, the group, like, the, like, the characters in those books are, like, so well developed. And it's, I mean, they're all related. So I say they're found family, but technically they're related somehow, like, by blood. But the way that they interact and, like, their own, like, unique personalities i still think about them a lot like i'll be reading another book and i'll be like oh my gosh they could get along with this other character from chain of gold and i think about them a lot um yeah it would definitely be that group of characters oh i love that and like what made them so special to you and like what made you kind of or or maybe like what made them leave their mark on you well okay well each character is well, like I said, they all have like their unique personalities. Cordelia, the one thing about her I like is like she's super determined. Like she will do anything for her family, and that's something that I really liked about her. And like she's a really amazing friend. Like she's always there for her like friends. That's something I liked about her. Matthew, he, even though like he's hurt, he'll still be there for his friends, and. He's pretty funny. I like I like him, and I also like his friendship, like sense of style too. <laughs> and now, like I said, I'm really into fashion, and I like when characters like care about their fits. But um, Magnus Bane, he has been like in like, uh, like he appears in all the Cassandra Clare books. 
I really like him. Like, I feel like I can, I can't forget about him. Um, who else? James. He's super sweet. He's super. Um, I don't know. He's super sweet. I love the fact that he's like really into books. Um, who else? Alistair. I know some people hate on him, but I will die to protect him. Um, who else? I don't know. There's like a, and also Christopher. He's like a, like a, like he's a science nerd. And there was this one scene where he was super passionate about his like like sciencey stuff, and he was showing this one other character. And I like when characters are passionate about something, even though I don't relate to it. I just like kind of like hear about their passions. Um, I don't know. Yeah, basically they're all different. They're unique, and that's like something that sticks with me, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. I love how like each person is so like they seem so different from each other, but then they still found a way to like connect. And to become this group. That's really beautiful. And like with the whole passionate thing. Girl, even in real life, if I see someone like passionately talking about something they like, ooh, instant, like I instantly like that person. Like if you have a drive and you, you have like this thing that's like, you know, taking up your mind and taking up your time and you're working towards it, that's such like, that's such an attractive quality to find in someone. Exactly. Like, I will definitely be there to listen to you. I have a friend who loves to talk about anything, like, public policy related or, like, the government. I'm not into it, but, like, I will sit for an hour just to listen to her talk about it. Because something about, like, how alive a person gets when they're talking about their passion is just yeah. an amazing no, I love thing to that you're there for her. That's honestly so sweet. Because, like, with a lot of people, they sometimes, like, they're not that considerate for, like, other people's passions. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even have to relate to me. Like I'm not. I don't need to be interested, but I will listen if you're passionate about it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you another question. And what book reminds you of a good time in your life? Um, it would have to be. It would be like one of my most recent reads. I read it around June. Um, it's from Look Up with Love, and one of my friends, Razan, shout out to her. She um she sent it to me because that's like one of her favorite Mariana Zapata books. And I think what was so fun about reading that book was I had someone to talk about to talk to about it, and it was just so sweet. Like someone just gifting you a book that they love. And just being there just to talk about it. And like, so I, like, I was ranting in her DMs, like, the oh, whole that is entire so time awesome, I was reading it. It was super fun. And I was also tweeting about it. And there's like so many people that I've met on Twitter who also enjoy from Look Up with Love and just like kind of interacting with them and just like sobbing, crying, <laughs> and just breaking down over the characters was like an enjoyable read for me. Yeah. No, I love how like, a book was able to connect so many people together and just so many yeah yeah. i was like i found on like book twitter around last i think november like towards the end and when i tell you my i was extremely shocked at the fact that there were just like people on twitter just talking about books fictional characters and like if you ever like the thing about book twitter i like is there's if there's like a book you can definitely find someone to buddy read with or someone to interact to about like you don't have to just kind of keep it to yourself but like you can express your thoughts on there and just people are just going to interact with it that's like the cool thing about book twitter or even book talk too yeah no definitely like i've like before joining um like uh, book twitter and bookstagram i always like i would vent to like my friends about the books and Mm -hmm. 
it, it just never felt like the same because I'd be like, oh my God, you know, and I'm crying and I'm sobbing. And obviously they're trying to be supportive and they're like, yeah, cool. But wait, what's his name again? I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> okay. I have to like start from the beginning. But exactly. Yeah. They don't exactly understand the stuff because we're literally crying over words on paper. And it's like, <laughs> you have to talk to someone that actually understands it exactly. to like fully enjoy it. Like I sometimes rant to my sister and then she just kind of goes like, okay, like, I don't know what do you want me to say and I'm like whatever but like when there's other people that are also interested in the same book or like in books like they understand your feelings exactly and it's like when you put it that way that you're like crying over words <laughs> yeah because like sometimes I get defensive and I'm just kind of have to calm myself down I'm just like these people are fictional characters like I don't have to kill myself or die exactly. over exactly and it's like you know what calm down like this is all fiction but it's like mm-hmm. some authors just have that like magical ability of just transporting you and it, it doesn't even feel like you're reading anymore. Yeah, they're super powerful. Like just to have people cry over their characters or just like be obsessed with it. They're powerful, basically. Yeah. No, And it's like when you really do think about it, like some authors, like they've shaped the way like a whole generation sees things and like how they think and it's just yeah it's so mind-blowing to think about like especially if someone's like trying to become an author or trying to become an like a writer and it's like you potentially have that power as well so use it responsibly (laughs) yeah and just like helping people go like like through tough times that's like that's yeah that's very powerful of them and I hope they understand their like their impact and like their significance to us as readers. Oh, definitely. Like just imagine knowing you've helped like countless people with your own work and your own like book. Just must be an amazing fe- feeling. And I think like the cool thing about being an author is like when they like go to like when they do like um events and like seeing their readers just kind of like like talk about their char- like their books and characters with them and just kind of obsess over them. I feel like that's really cool. I just want to become an author just to <laughs> just to have people like talk about my like characters and like fall in love like and like get them through like difficult times. Oh, definitely. If you ever write a book, please tell me. I'll be the first one to buy. <laughs> I don't honestly. think it's ever going to happen. I'm definitely <laughs> I'm not a writer whatsoever. I'm just I'll, I'll just read. Yeah. No, I had, like, a writing phase when I was, I think it was, like, in the third, fourth grade. And then after that, it was just, it just died off. (laughs) So, yeah, no writers here. But props to them. They're very talented. Like, people that can write. I wish that I could be like them. Okay. So, this one, this next question, like, you can answer it if you want. Or if you don't, that's totally fine. But what book reminds you of a bad time in your life? Like, a tough time in your life? Hmm. I think it would just be similar to um, my comfort book. It was like Heroes of Olympus. And I just kind of felt pretty lonely in middle school. And that like was the book that brought me like the most in- enjoyment. And every time I think about that book, I kind of just remember like how I was feeling at that time. But at the same time, it was a good time because I had that book and I like I had those characters with me. But I can't think of any other books aside from that yeah no i'm really glad like 
with a lot of people like they might not have had that escape or might not have had like that comfort mm-hmm. but for you to like have that series in those books it's just something yeah. super special and i cannot wait for the show to come out because i will be screaming <laughs> honestly i wonder if they're get if they have extras like i will volunteer to be annabeth's hat at this point <laughs> But and then I can't. I, I'm pretty sure it will be successful. And when Heroes of Olympus comes out, I think I will start bawling. Yeah, I'm so excited too. But like, one thing I'm worried about is that you know how like usually with like mo- like book to movie adaptations, they sometimes mm-hmm. kind of like just fumble the whole movie, and it's yeah. like, oh no, this isn't what I was like expecting. But mm-hmm. same, I have such high hopes for it, and I have high like, hopes. Hopefully yeah. they learn from their mistakes from the lightning thief. I think they probably will. But I recently there was a tweet and they were just talking about like the monsters in the new show and how they're trying to find find like a balance between it not being too scary for the little kids but not being too kiddish for like the older ki- kids. And yeah. I was just like looking at that tweet and I'm thinking, "Where we should the older people should be the target audience. Like a little scare would not hurt the kids." <laughs> I want it I want it to be like the same effect as the lightning thief because I feel like that was pretty good yeah no honestly the lightning thief was pretty all right for me like it did have like a few different like parts and all but overall it was mm-hmm. such a good movie like I enjoyed it a lot yeah like if you disassociate the books from the movie the movies are amazing yeah no definitely but then if you start to pick apart the movies and compare it to the books then you're just gonna get mad because they missed so many scenes and everything was just kind of completely wrong yeah like um it just depends on the way you look at it exactly like you know the book one of us is lying and how like there's a series coming out like after like based on it so i like Mm -hmm. watched the trailer and i was so underwhelmed like, I've seen so many book talkers and they're, like, super excited and they're like, oh my god, it's the best thing. And I was like, I don't feel it. Like, I don't know. Is something wrong with me? Like, it was so underwhelming. Everyone on Twitter has so far been enjoying it. So this is the first time someone has said that they didn't like it. But everybody's kind of different because your vision of, like, the way it should be adapted is going to be different from other people's, too. But that's what I'm kind of scared about for, like, the Percy Jackson because... I don't know because I was because when I compared the lightning thief to the Percy Jackson I was extremely disappointed yeah no definitely I don't know if like because I only saw the trailer I didn't see like any of the like the episodes or like because I know some people were able to see like the first snippets but yeah Mm -hmm. it's just I don't know it didn't it didn't give me what needed to be given (laughs) yeah Uh Uh, but like you said, like each person has their own taste and each person has like their own um mm-hmm. their own vibe and their own like like their own things they like yeah. to see in like movies. So Yeah. Also the dating expected. game is coming out and the cast was just really not looking like the way I imagined the characters to be, like Josh and Lucy. Like Lucy doesn't even have blue eyes and I'm like, that's like a big part of the storyline. Like what do you mean she doesn't have blue eyes? So, I mean, yeah. I'm going to go into the movie with an open mind, See, but so far, I don't think it's going to live up oh, to the definitely. book. See, here's the thing, like, with the cast, I'm, like, I'm not too focused on them, like, whatever, 
But like you said, if it's such a like a key feature and they get it wrong, it's like, bruh, really? We're like, come on. How hard is it to find an actress with blue it's eyes? It's like they didn't even read the character exactly. description. No, definitely. Yeah. Maybe she's wearing contacts in the movie. Who knows? But I don't know. I'll just go there just to enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So as we're like wrapping up the episode, um, I want you to recommend one book to the audience. Okay. This is the hardest thing ever. Because the thing is, everybody that knows me knows I'm going to say We Hunt the Flame. So, because that's kind of oh, a given. So, I'm going to choose a different book. Let's see. I would say The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I think everyone should read that book at least once in their lifetime. Um, I have yet to meet someone who has not read that book. And it just teaches you a bunch of le- lessons. And just make sure you search up the trigger warnings, but that would have to be the book I recommend to my audience. Ooh, so can you like give us a quick description on like what it's kind of about? Well, it follows um, Evelyn Hugo, who is, um, she's an actress. And um, she, like the book, like the title, she has seven husbands and each, um, the story follows each of her husbands and like her love story. And, um there's like a reporter who is kind of interviewing her about her life and the like the question of the book is like who was um Evelyn's like greatest love and that's that's I'm not going to tell you who it is but like that's what the book is mainly about and like within each um like story or like husband you learn lessons that Evelyn also learned but I think she's like an amazing person I think everyone definitely should read it Oh, definitely. You know, I've had that book on my to-be-read for forever, and I still have not yet read it. So I definitely need to. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. you definitely should. When I tell you, when I was reading that book, it genuinely felt like I was like reading, like watching a movie. It felt like I, t- <laughs> it was like I searched up, I was like, who's, like, I, I thought that Evan Hugo was based off of a celebrity, and I realize that she she's not even real but it really felt like she was real i know that the um book is gonna get adapted so i'm pretty excited i think i feel i have real i have high hopes i'm pretty sure it'll be like an amazing adaption no hopefully so hopefully it doesn't underwhelm i don't think it will i have very strong faith in that book so that kind of wraps up our episode for today. Farah, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I had such a fun time with you. Thank you for having me. This is the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm like a podcast, not a junkie, but like I really like listening to a podcast. So just being a part of one is pretty cool. And oh, I'm, I'm so glad you got to enjoy it. Honestly, you made this episode so fun. Yeah, and it was so easy talking to you because I was a little bit nervous. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but you're literally an amazing person. I'm so excited that I've met you. Aww. Honestly, I'm so glad I got to meet you too. You are a literal gem, honestly. But again, thank you to everyone that listened. Um, I really do appreciate your support. Please don't forget to check out Farah's recommendation, which is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, and please do tell me, what do you think of it, if you've already read it, um, and also if you're like planning to read it, I would love to know um, in the comments below. Also, don't forget to check out Farah's social media accounts, linked down below, and if you haven't already, please, please, please do subscribe and leave a review. It really does help out a lot. 
Again, thank you guys so much. Stay safe and see you guys soon. Bye, everyone.